All right, and we are back with another interview. So here we are with Brad Lee uh, of St. Louis Game Time Magazine newspaper, whatever you want to call it. Um, probably the one of the best uh, resources there is out there for uh, Blues news at games. Something I love getting when I go to games. I like to read in between periods and take home with me, on the, especially when you're stuck in the garage. That's what I used it for when I'm not driving. So I was... I always take it. I was that's something I always have in my uh, possession, so I have something to do when it takes me forty minutes to get out of the dr- garage. Sometimes, so uh, Brad, thanks for being on. Well, thanks for having me, and that's a that's a huge compliment. Thank you. So, uh, like I said, uh, you along with Tyler and Tim, and along with many other writers, the St. Louis Game Time uh, keep us Blues fans entertained uh, during games. Put a nice, unique spin on all things that are Blues, and I think. Some of the stat stat wise is some of the best stuff that's actually out there. Stuff that I have trouble finding sometimes, and you guys have a very comprehensive list of a lot of stats that, uh, like the Blues record and when they're wearing a third jerseys. I'm like, I don't even know where I could find that, and there it is right there. So something some <laughs> stuff like that I appreciate. I mean, some people may not, but stuff like me where I'm a big stat guy and I love seeing stuff like that. It's like I'll reference that. I think I actually referenced that when I was doing something uh, last week and I was talking to somebody. When the Blues were the third That's cool. last week, I'm like, oh, we're good. They're like 10 1 and 1. Like, how do you know that? I'm like, oh, it was a game time I read last week. So, <laughs> well, we, we keep that by hand. So, every game, uh, somebody on the staff, uh, actually my wife, uh, she's in charge of Blues Record One. So, she'll sit down with the box score uh, for each game and update that on an Excel sheet. And then uh, we format a little bit and put it in the paper. So, like, one of the, one of the weirdest stats last year was they were. Und- the Blues were undefeated on Thursdays until like March. Wow! Uh, I mean, it was it was a really cool run, and uh, it was like, oh, it's a Thursday game, oh, it's a win. Uh, and then finally, I think it was I think it was Anaheim finally uh, broke it, where you know they couldn't get Anaheim for a couple years in a row, and it took an Anaheim game on a Thursday night to break the Thursday streak. That's amazing. So um, we're gonna just do a quick. Uh talk about the Blues playoff series and get Brad's thoughts. And then we're going to get into um, uh, you know, some stuff about St. Louis Game Time magazine. So I really want to make sure we get that out there so you guys uh, go out there and buy it when uh, it is playoff time. So hopefully it's a long run and Brad is a very busy man for the next two months. So yeah, let's you're, get into you're uh, your thoughts about the uh, Blues series. So the Blues draw the Minnesota Wild in the first round. Um Pretty much, it kind of seemed like it was going to go be that way for a while. It was pretty much Chicago for a long time, and then a lot of Blues fans were kind of thinking it might be the Wild or maybe even the Jets, and we wound up pulling the Wild. So let me get your thoughts on what you think the Blues may uh, – this matchup's going to happen. Like I said, a lot of people are picking – it's probably about 70-30. People are picking the Wild right now, which I think is amazing. I thought it's a little closer <laughs> than that, but I guess I'm being a homer, so – well, I, not necessarily. I mean, I th- there's uh, there's something that we we've talked about a little bit on Twitter among, among some of the game time writers is that the the comparisons between this year's Wild team and the Blues from 0809, uh, where where the St. Louis really had to they had a playoff mentality from late February all of March and then the first part of April just to make the playoffs, and that was the year that they they clinched on a Friday night against Columbus. Uh, they had one more game in Colorado, and everybody thought, okay, great. Now, they've really, they're really battle-tested, and they've got a lot of momentum. 
and then they lost four straight to Vancouver, and, yeah. and that series wasn't competitive. I mean, it, it the games were close, but I, I'm not sure the Blues ever actually led in that series. They may have led, like, the fourth game, and then it went to overtime, and Vancouver won in overtime. So I, I think that people are kind of overlooking the, the, the fact that, that Minnesota may be a little bit tired from, from that intensity and pressure every night. And, you know, Devin Dubnik is a, is a really nice story. It's a guy who, you know, really turned his career around. Um, he, he was not going anywhere. He, I mean, he was probably going to be out of the league in a season or two if he kept playing like he was playing. And, and now he's, he's the reason why Minnesota's in the playoffs. But if you look back at his entire year, I don't think he's ever actually won a playoff series in juniors, in the minors, obviously not in the NHL. Um, so he really has not been battle-tested in a true playoff situation where you're playing for your, your life in a, in a seven-game series. Uh, so I, I think it's going to be interesting to see how he handles the pressure. If the Blues somehow could score a first-period goal for a change on Thursday night, and, and the fans start singing his name, you know, Dub Nick, and, and the, you know, there's 19,000 people in there you know, waving out and screaming and yelling at him and yelling his name, I think we'll very quickly see what he's made of. And, you know, I, I give him a lot of credit. That, you know, he really turned it around and put that team on his back and, and give him a lot of credit for that. But, you know, the same people that have doubted, uh, you know, Brian Elliott over the season, you know, saying, well, he's not really battle-tested in the playoffs. He's been given the opportunity a couple times. You know, it's the same kind of thing, and, and really nobody is questioning that Dubnik can keep this going. And You know, Chris Mason in 2009, he played awesome, and then, uh, you know, he, he did not have a good playoff series. And, you know, I think that, that, that run in 09 gave Chris Mason a couple more contracts. Uh, I don't think he's in the league anymore, is he? No, he's definitely not. So I think it's, last time you know, he actually washed out with Atlanta, believe it or yeah. not. He, he might have made it one year at the Jets. Yeah, and, and after they moved to Winnipeg, yeah. But yeah. so, I, you know, hopefully for him, you know, best wishes to him after this playoff series. But, uh, you know, I, he's really got to show something that he's never done in his entire career. Yeah, I think uh, this. Yeah, with his little stretch here, he would definitely earn himself another contract or two. But uh, I'm still believe that it's it's a guy that – People wouldn't even pick up on waivers last year, let alone this guy is, uh, winds up being a starting goalie this year. So I'm all for a good story, but I just don't see you can have you know a sustained run like this as a guy who hasn't had ever had a sustained run like this. He's never had a history of, you know, and maybe juniors he's okay and stuff, but he's, he was a first-round pick and everything. But I don't think he's going to have a, you know, it's, once the Blues start uh, having a lot of shots, I think eventually, like you said, the fatigue factor might kick in. Playing the last 39 or 40 games, I mean, it's half a season that you played straight, so he might be uh, extremely tired. Who knows? Uh, so what's your, I guess, your official prediction then? Blues in how many games then? <laughs> Just banking on the idea I'm going to pick the Blues. Um, gosh, I don't know, five or six. A lot of people are saying seven if they're picking St. Louis just because they, they have the hype with Minnesota's momentum. Yeah. Um, just, just one idea here real quick before before I talk about that. So so Dubnik's, um, his career goal again, uh, well, his career save percentage is uh, 90, 91.4%. Mm-hmm. Uh, this, this year it was 936 
Um, his goals against average career-wise, even in counting, accounting this year, was 2.69. 2.69. This year it was 1.78. Yeah. I mean, that's, not gonna that's amazing. That. Yeah. No. It's I, and just this is unsustainable the, numbers, pretty much. And this is the second most um, second most minutes he's played uh, in the NHL in a season. So he's really had a, a workload, and it's, it's all jam-packed, like you said, uh, kind of in the second half of the season. Um, I think the other thing to think about with um, this series uh, is I think there's a lot of pressure on the forwards, um, specifically David Backus. Alexander Steen, TJ Oshie, three guys that have had bright spots in their playoff careers, but n- never really sustained success in the playoffs. Um, mm-hmm. Oshie, Oshie especially. Um, yeah, you know, Steen had that. Yeah, Steen had that overtime goal against uh, LA a couple years ago, where he stole the puck behind the net uh, from Jonathan Quick, and he's had a few other moments. But you know, I don't think you could really say any of the Blues forwards have any playoff um, resume to speak of that, you, you know, you want to talk positively about, uh, yeah. I think, and I think that's going to be, I think that's going to be the tipping point. If, if some of those guys can really come together um, and, you know, we haven't really seen a completely healthy uh, Vladimir Tarasenko in the playoffs before. Um, you know, I think, I think Schwartz obviously has stepped up his game this year um, and, and the creativity that he shows on the ice and, Whatever line combination they're going to go with on Thursday, um, mm-hmm. I think it's going to be interesting. I, I think the pressure is all on the forwards. Um, what do you think? Yeah, I think um, like everybody talks about the depth. You know, it's a big thing everybody talks about. But I think the center depth is going to be your key for the Blues compared to years past, where it's pretty much been David Backus. And outside <laughs> of that, you pretty much haven't had anything after him. You know, Berglund. I mean, I, I'm actually somebody that actually likes Patrick Berglund, believe it or not. But, uh, you know, as him as a second-line center, I'm, I trust me, I'm not even sold on that. I mean, you're fine on the third line as a center left winger. He works fine. So having, having the signings of Stasny and Laterra, uh, I mean, that's that's why they're brought in, to bring this depth and have down the, out down the middle having being strong because that's kind of one of your keys in the postseason, being strong down the middle and then having goal, having good goaltending. So hopefully the Blues can pull that off. But I think uh, the prior key forward is that Paul Stastny. And last year against the uh, Wild, 10, uh, 10 points, five goals, five assists against this not exact Wild team. But, you know, I think that's going to be somebody to look out for. And, I, you know, talking about the centers, uh, it's nice that Laterra is kind of, you know, he, he started so strong, first couple months really good. January, February time frame, he didn't show up on the score sheet that often. Um, here the last two weeks of the season, he's been a lot more noticeable, uh, yep. really contributing uh, a lot more. So I think that's I think that's important. He gets going again, uh, and yeah, that Stasny and, and and who he plays with. Um, you know, when they signed him over the summer, I I had him penciled between Steen and Bacchus, um, and you know it didn't it didn't happen, and then he got injured, and they kind of moved on. It, everybody kind of makes it sound like. Um, yeah. And then, you know, they plugged him in where he could fit. And, you know, that really seems like they've wasted the potential for what he can be doing if they put him in the right positions. Um, so I think, yeah, I think I think those two guys are definitely huge. And, and you know, you're talking about Berglund. 
I don't think he likes playing center. He doesn't look comfortable when he plays center. When he plays on the wing, he has less responsibility. Uh, and and I think that's important for, for him in his mindset. And, you know, if you take some pressure off and he just plays a little more loose, a little more comfortable, you know, maybe he'll chip in a little bit more. Yeah. Uh, you know, the number one thing uh, in past playoffs, uh, you know, I, I think the, the Kings and the Blackhawks both keyed on, on the idea that um, the Blues defensemen, if they get a, an aggressive physical forecheck uh, in, in the Blues zone, they cough up the puck. And, and really, you know, when they took out uh, Petrangelo a couple years ago when he got injured, um, you know, that was kind of part of that aggressive forecheck where he, he got slammed in the boards and hurt himself. Mm-hmm. Um, I think, you know, the Wild don't seem as big and physical as the Kings or the Blackhawks. No, um, so so I, I don't doubt that they'll try that. I think they might be a little less successful. They're gonna have to they're gonna have to do a much better job than they showed these last couple of games against against the Blues. Yeah, I think I was reading today from uh, I believe it was uh, Mike Russo of the uh, Star uh, Tribune. I believe uh, mm-hmm. was basically saying uh, that the Wild. I mean, obviously not going to give their hand out there, but he the, they said they're going to try to counter the Blues' strong physical play with their speed. So um, I don't see many guys. I mean, Niederreiter's got some speed. Zucker, I know, has got some speed. Parise's got, and he's a you know okay. But, I mean, I don't see a lot of guys in there think they have wheels, per se. So I'm kind of curious to see how they use this, quote-unquote, speed. Yeah, that's – I mean, that's interesting. And, that you know, the uh, – I think the Blues game plan against any team right now is – and they really showed it on Thursday night against Chicago – was they really just put physical pressure all over the ice. Take time and space away from the other team so they, they, ha- they don't have time and space to make a good decision with the puck. Um, cut down their options. Um, make them panic, make them, make them make, force them to make bad decisions. Um, you know, and if, if Minnesota's talking about using that speed to stay away from the physical play and, and open those, those uh, spaces up to, to give them space, um, gosh, in the playoffs, that does not seem like the recipe to win. You know, because you look at the teams that have won it the last couple of years and they they've got some speed, but they've got size and physical play more more than speed as as an asset. I, I think. Yeah, and uh, they lost probably their most physical defenseman too to Anaheim and Jared Spurgeon in the mm-hmm. off season. So I'm kind of curious to see how they uh, uh, handle the Blues in their uh, own zone. I mean, Suter is a given as a you know one of the best defensemen that's out there. I think overall you're looking at a. And the Blues can get in there and wreak havoc on their defense. So it's going to be plays, a good series either way. Yeah, he plays so many minutes. I mean, it, it's almost like he's double or triple shifted if he was a forward. I mean, he's just always out there. Yeah, it's every, every situation. 30 minutes. That blows me away. It's like a 30 minutes on a regular game. Like it'll be like 28 minutes on like a normal, like no overtime, nothing. And he's out there for 30 minutes. It's like I don't believe it, that he can do that night in, night out. It's amazing to me. Yeah. Yeah, just watch when these first couple games go to overtime. Yeah, that's what I mean. So we're in triple overtime. You're going to be hurting. <laughs> so It's almost – doesn't it seem like it's almost a given when they have these 8.30 starts that it's going to go to overtime? I mean, they're just kind of like daring the game to go to overtime starting it that late. I know. I was like, I get I get it why they're doing it so they can – you're finished watching one game and then you can flip over to the Blues game and then they're trying to stagger all the games. I get it, but it's like, come on, guys. You're killing me. Because yeah. well, I think that's what happened in game one. I think game one last year was 8.30. 
Like it, yeah, overtime. Yeah, it was a little after midnight. I remember I'm sitting there like I have to go to work. <laughs> it's, like, it's like guys, I got a busy day tomorrow, and I got to be up at five. So let's speed this yeah. up. It was almost one Absolutely. o'clock, I think, when it ended. Was, oh, that's crazy. I was like, thank God it ended. This time, I think I passed out on the couch after that. Didn't even move. I couldn't even get I excited. Think- I was just like, yes, I get to turn the TV off now, go to sleep, and be I happy when I wake up. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's interesting how the the bracket looks this year where, you know, they avoided Chicago in the first round. Who knows how good Patrick Kane is going to be. Um, but, you know, Nashville's got Pecorine. So, you know, you, you can never say they're not going to play well or be competitive in that first round matchup. The Kings didn't didn't qualify. You know, nobody's – I don't. other than Anaheim, there's no other team in the West that I think you would be afraid of. And, you know, so it's almost like you kind of see where a path could be for the Blues to go far. And as a, as a Blues fan, obviously I'm not used to doing that, and I don't feel comfortable doing that. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, really, it's really kind of a weird situation where, I, you know, talking to people on Twitter and, and seeing social media and, you know, some of my friends and um, things that are more casual fans, it just seems like there's a little bit of really strong optimism that's, um, really seeping into a lot of fans right now. It's, um, I don't know. It feels like it's going to catch it. Like it's going to be a snowball rolling downhill by Thursday night. Yeah. I've noticed the same thing where uh, a lot of fans are more, more excited than usual where, cause they look like, all right, well we got a team that if we beat the wild and let's say, excuse me, Nashville, it's not really an upset cause they're a higher seed, but if Nashville's quote unquote upset Chicago and, uh, mm-hmm. Then you get Nashville, who, you know, hasn't had the best, uh, you know, second half of the season. They somehow roll past there. You might be able to roll into Nashville and maybe have an easier time or have at least not have that monkey on your back where it's you're going against Chicago and it'd be mind games for the Blues. And after that, who knows if what happens out in the Pacific. You might have Anaheim or who knows, the upstart Flames could make a run. Who knows? But I fully expect Anaheim to kind of be there. The Jets will give them all they can handle, but I think they'll move on. And it's a possibility that the Blues have a good road to go far for once in your – I think that's one of the reasons why, like you said, you're, you're, people are actually looking really far ahead, almost looking past the first round to a degree. Um, it's still going to be a tough road, but, I mean, I think less tough than it has been for the last probably three years since we've had this window of opportunity to go for the Cup, I guess. They've had, they've had a really difficult draw the last couple of years, obviously. And, it, you know, if you're – take some solace in that you're losing to the Stanley cup champion. But, um, I, I, you know, this is uh this is, <laughs> this is strange territory. I, if, if they, if they do well this first round and the path kind of gets laid out, like we're talking about, um, the bandwagon is going to get, um, full very quickly. Yeah. And I'm not, I don't have a problem with that, but it's going to be, it's going to be interesting to watch and, and exciting. And I mean, um, you know, I'm looking forward to it. And like you, you said, we, um, so we St. Louis Game Time. We have our website, um, but we actually started as a paper, um, and the first paper was started um, 20 years ago. This past January, um, it was called Game Night Review. Started by um, Jeffio, a guy from South City. He'd gone up to Chicago and uh, bought a, a similar paper outside the old Chicago Stadium with the Blackhawks, uh, called the Blue Line Report. And there was this lunatic drunk guy selling this paper and basically the only reason he did this fan run paper 
was to call um, Bill Wirtz, the owner of the Hawks at the time, every name in the book and have basically say really mean, nasty, dirty things about this man and then have people carry it into his building and, and read it at his game. Um, he, just, he just took some really uh, perverse pleasure at that. Um, so, so Jeff, you started a game night review. The first game the Blues played at Heel Center, Sabbath Center, Scott Trade Center, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Um, he lasted for 10 years. They had the season-long lockout. He decided that he had more uh, things to do with his free time. Uh, so a guy named Gallagher started Game Night Review, the next version, but still some of the same writers, some of the same ideas, but a different name. Uh, he lasted until the last lockout. Um, I had written for the paper since almost since it started in November of 05, uh, and I started writing the, the front page. And then when we, when we launched the website in uh, the early months of 2006, um, when the Blues uh, won, the, won the draft lottery and had first overall pick, um, we really took off with the website, uh, and I ran the website for, for several years for that. Uh, and then in 2013, when they came back after the lockout and Stillman bought the team, I took over the paper, and Hildy Mac took over the, uh, the website. So we, we print a fan-run paper, and it's almost completely different than what's on the website. Uh, there's 24 pages of stats, um, stories, columns, opinion, analysis. Uh, we've got a cartoon. We've got a, a puzzle on page 23 every game. Uh, kind of bingo. We've got uh, a column from uh, a woman who knows her beers, and she talks about themes for beers for the night. Uh, I have I, I, I had no idea um, how she could pick so many beers that match the theme for the night or the period or whatever. It's, I mean, it's crazy. Um, but uh, we sold outside the game. We, we're over by the garage entrance. Uh, we're by the uh, 14th Street doors. Uh, the northeast corner of 14th and Clark, and you will probably find this also by the statues on the other side of 14th and Clark, on the same side of the, the street as the building there by the main entrance. Um, I had a conversation with Blue Security this, uh, this afternoon, and I think we're going to be able to have a vendor uh, there. As people are coming across from Metrolink and coming kind of catty corner from the Sheridan, uh, all those people kind of streaming in. So hopefully we'll we'll find a few more customers over there. As I tell people, it is the um, it is amazing what we like to, to read what people send me. The you know we've got submissions from I get submissions from about twelve to thirteen people for every issue, um, and pretty much every every tw you know all twenty four pages except for the advertisements are different every single game. So um, it's <laughs> there's a lot of different news stuff uh, every game, and it's just amazing. I started out as a reader with Game Night Review, and, and when Game Time started, I started out as a contributor, and, and then I wrote the front page and a bunch of comedy stuff, and, and now I get to put it together, and, and I get to showcase all the funny people and insightful people we have that write for us. So we're, 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 we're hardcore fans for hardcore fans. We just happen to have an office copier in one of our basements. Yeah, uh, definitely where it helps out. So, yeah, I... <laughs> You guys just have everybody that writes for you guys just has a very unique perspective and from uh, Tyler who writes on there. And I know Tim, both of the guys who do beyond checker dome right for you. And they, uh, those guys are great. Um, and uh, I love also the your, uh, memorabilia for uh, Rick Ackerman. I love reading mm -hmm. that, that one every time. So he does a very good job as well. So, and just like I said, the stat stuff is fantastic. And the humors, you know, it's always very funny. So I always Thanks. want, I always encourage people, like I, like we did last time, I, you know, 
and gave away a subscription for the rest of this year to a fan just because I want to get it out there, man, because it's something I enjoy reading. It's something that I think a lot of Blues fans that, like you said, hardcore fans or even the ca- the casual fans, hell, even your bandwagon fans that are coming to games now, if I pick one of these up, start reading, you'll become a fan. You'll enjoy, like these, are, like you said, it's just a bunch of people who are just fans, you know, putting their perspective out there, which – that's pretty much what I'm doing. I just do it audio because I really suck as a writer. So, <laughs> so or if, I, if I if I didn't if I didn't suck as a writer, I probably would uh give my hand at it. So, like I said, uh, I super appreciate what you guys do. So, thanks. And I, you know, I, I, it's kind of fun when you when we go to games and, uh, you know, even though I put the paper together and I read, you know, every single word that goes in the paper, um, I still pick it up, you know, take one in and carry it around and. Uh, when I pass somebody in the hall and I see him carrying the paper, I kind of, you know, give him a nod if we if we look at each other and he sees I'm holding the paper or, or she's got one in her hands and it's it's kind of this little club like oh yeah you're one of us you're one of our people, mm-hmm. and uh and I think that's always kind of cool too but it's um and we've got readers who have read for 15 18 there's a few who've been around for 20 years, um and that that's cool you know there's there's only one other. Uh, hockey team in, in in the league we know of that has something similar. There's uh, one in Chicago that came back uh, seven years ago, uh, six years ago, called the Committed Indian, and uh, we're we're friends with them. We're kind of like distant cousins, maybe. Mm-hmm. Um, we we uh, we have res- mutual respect, but we still give give each other a lot of crap, um, which is which is a lot of fun. And you know, um, it's it's cool that um, you know. The main rival for the Blues, the fans of, the, of them, uh, the fans of the Blackhawks are decent to talk to most of the time until they start to, until they start talking about the number of Stanley Cups they've won in the past decade. Um, but other than that, like if if the Blues were still playing Detroit five or six times a year and we had to handle those um, thin-skinned uh, jerks, um, it would not be nearly as much fun. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, like I said. It's something that's great, and I hope Blues fans uh, keep supporting the paper. And I hope you guys keep continuing to do it year in and year out because I know it's something that is a ton of hard work. Because I see I follow you on Twitter, and I see <laughs> you like at 2 a.m. work on the paper. It's like, uh, oh, man, that hurts. It sucks. I think I sent um, – so Saturday was a 2 o'clock start. So Saturday sometimes I, I work a little bit on Saturday morning, and we print it midday. Um, but it was an early start, so we did print early. So I think I sent it to the guy who has the printer at about three twenty in the morning. I'll say I think I got it in my email around three thirty in the morning. That's, yeah, three twenty, three thirty, something like that. So at least that's a Friday night slash Saturday morning. So. Yeah, it's better than have like a Tuesday night. So yeah, <laughs> yeah I'll be up good. late. I'll be up late Wednesday night before Thursday Thursday's game. That's for sure. So yeah, it's for sure. And yeah, so I yeah, so like I said. Uh, I appreciate the hard work because I know that's a Thanks. lot to put together and uh, it's a lot of undertaking to put that together, especially I know when the Blues had those home stands where it's like six, seven in a row, I can imagine that two weeks is like for, for Blues fans, like, oh, I can possibly go to the game for two weeks. or But for you, it's like, God damn it, I do not want to be. It's like, can they go on the road for at least three games because like, I want to sleep? So in, in, 100% in January. Yeah, in January they had the six games in a row, and then they took a week off for the All Star break, and then they played one more at home just to rub it in. Yeah, I know. Um, 
So yeah, but that was that was fun. And then the other fun one uh, was the Friday Saturday. They played Boston on Friday night, and then played uh, Pittsburgh on yep. Saturday in February. That was a that was an interesting. And I we we and I ended up going to both games. Oh wow! Yeah, so um, that was an interesting uh, thirty six hours. I can only imagine. I bet you there wasn't much sleep in there, or limited amounts of sleep at least. So I, hey, but we, you know what, we, uh, we appreciate what you guys do. Um, and it's, you know, I, I, I told, I told the guys, um, I recorded a little bit with, uh, the Beyond Checker Dome guys the other day. And I said, you know, back in 05, 06, when I got started and the blues really were going downhill and, you know, blogs were still kind of coming about. And I don't think anybody was really podcasting yet. And Twitter mm-hmm. hadn't even started. So, you know, we kind of jumped into the, you know, 20 years ago, fans jumped into the void um, putting out the paper. And then, you know, it's kind of this family tree where it's it's branched out where, you know, Twitter started and people kind of got their own voices in Twitter and, and this kind of community started. And then they started doing more online and and with, uh, with the blogs and different websites and then gotten into podcasting. And it's kind of – it all kind of flows back. And it's it's not like we're in competition or anything – and it's not like anybody has major beefs with anything or anybody. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And and it's really just kind of, hey, we're fans and we have a voice, and you know, let's let's talk about our passion, and and uh, you know, people want to listen and talk about our passion too. And you know, it's uh, it's just created this really cool community that didn't exist, you know, not that long ago. So, um, I I really appreciate you having me on, and you know. Hey, maybe if they uh, make it out of the first round, maybe we could talk again. You never know. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I'm open for, uh, and I just love getting uh, people, different people on and different people's opinions and stuff, man. That's kind of like a, if there was some way I can get paid <laughs> lots of money to do this for some reason, if somebody wants to give me money, whoever's listening to this has a lot of money to give us to write this paper and to talk about the blues, Mr. Tom Stillman or anybody else with the blues, listen to this. <laughs> if you guys want to give us a lot of money, we'll, yeah, I'll keep doing it. I'll do one every day, shit, whatever you want. So, <laughs> but yeah, this I is something you. just, uh, like you said, just being a fan and just kind of some, you know, seeing the lack of, not lack of coverage. You just, you know, I'm not going to be one of those guys who complains about it. This is a baseball town. I get it. So, it's just something that's just put put our voice out there and just said Blues fans be heard. And this is one way to do it. So, uh, you guys get do do it through the paper and the website, which. Both are tremendous. And then also we do it here. And like you said, Tyler and Tim over beyond checker dome. Uh, let's see who else is out there. Uh, let's go blues radio is back. Um, mm-hmm. The loose chicklets guys. Yep. So we got, I mean, from what it was like, uh, you know, let's go blues radio is the first. And then that kind of went away. And then beyond checker dome popped up. Uh, I think we popped up right after them pretty much or a season after them we popped up and then uh, mm-hmm. that loose chicklet guys are doing their thing. And just a lot more blogs and, you know, popping up. So it's a good thing. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. And it's, um, I mean, it's interesting how, how, uh, how it's all kind of come together, like you said, and people kind of fill a void. And there, before, before there were any podcasts, Gallagher and I actually talked about doing one. We were going to call it the uh, Five Shots podcast. And we were going to get together at his kitchen table or mine, and uh, we were going to do five shots, and we would not turn the microphones on until we had done the five shots. <laughs> That's a brilliant idea. <laughs> and, 
you know, you never, I, I don't think we knew whatever we were going to get, but I, I was a little nervous doing it. I think he was a little nervous doing it. We never actually went through with it. And then other people started doing like reputable uh, podcasts and it, we, we, we didn't fill the void with that. It, that would have been fun sometime though. That's for sure. I think me, me and Chris will take that in consideration. <laughs> we'll take that into uh, account. Special, so, special second or third round podcast. Do the yeah. We do might do that. We might have just everybody. Let's get everybody. Let's get Tyler and Tim. Everybody just do a big old drinking game and let's just talk about the Blues again. I think that'd be interesting. Uh, podcast. I don't know. I'd be a lot of rambling for a couple hours probably, but it would be fun though. It'd be yeah. fun us at least. Keep, Even keep listening to might be a different thing. So keep me on the short list that for sure. <laughs> I will for sure. So uh, let's go ahead and we'll wrap it up here. Uh, how about you tell everybody where they can uh, get a hold of you at? Um, so uh, St. Louis game time.com ST Lewis game time is the website. Um, our main Twitter attached with that is the same at ST Lewis game time. I'm also at GT Bradley on Twitter. Um, we got a Facebook page you can follow. Uh, that's about it. You know, you can buy the paper downtown. And we also do a thing where if you want to subscribe for a playoff round, we're offering. Um, so I, I send out the PDF via email as soon as the paper is done. So it could be two, three in the morning. It could be a little bit earlier, hopefully. Um, and each round is ten dollars. Um, so you know, if they play three or four games, I think it's a pretty good value. So. Oh, yeah, look for look for that on the website on on uh, Thursday, and I'll I'll put that on Twitter too. But um, we're, we're we're easy to find. Yeah, I'll put it out there as well, just so Blues fans would be well aware of the uh, subscription cost for playoffs because that's definitely worth it. Uh, so um, yeah, I get mine. It's it's something that uh, actually I've been reading it at lunchtime on my phone when I. Uh, Go off the lunch and download it on my phone. I'm able to read it right there, and it's good. Actually, I, print, I think I printed it out at work the other day. I was at work. I'm like, I'm gonna print this out because I don't feel like looking at my phone. So I brought it into the restaurant, 20, <laughs> 20 something pages, set it down, start going through it. That's and, cool. But it's good, so I enjoy it. So uh, thanks for being on. Yeah, uh, fans, to go out there and buy the Game Time newspaper when you go to games. Like I said, it's something to. Read on your way out because, damn, traffic is awful sometimes getting out of there. And it's something, especially with me, I park in the, I park in the garage. I just always do. It's just my thing. I don't know why. Because I know it's going to be bad traffic every time, and I don't know why I complain. And I park, especially if you park at the top. You park at the top, you got a good 50-something minutes to burn. Mm-hmm. And having a St. Louis Game Time magazine is the perfect thing to do. So go out That's and get good. it. So, uh, Brad, thanks for being on, and uh, hopefully – We have you on the second round or third round. Awesome. Jason, thank you. Appreciate it. All right, thanks.